the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Ho, ho, ho! Welcome to episode 361 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to your weekly fix of randomness, technology, and life, and maybe a little bit of Christmas if you're lucky, but just a touch. We don't want to excite you too much because (laughs) this will be coming out on Boxing Day. Yes, so you should have already have unwrapped all those presents and you'd be about to go for the refunds. Yes. <laughs> uh, you'll probably also be in some sort of food coma and what better than to listen to us prattle on for probably a bit longer than 30 minutes this week. We've decided to uh, do this as the last one for the end of the year and so uh, the 2nd of January episode won't be coming out. Uh, we'll come back on the 9th of January. Yes, yes. And so we're in person today. We're, we're, yeah, we're in You can tell in from place. the excitement in my voice. Do I need to turn off that air conditioning? No. No, good. Okay, because it's warm in the Waikato right now, and uh, the air conditioning is a very useful thing. <laughs> it is. That's what I'm going to say. So um, it's been, I feel like it's been ages. So I've had a busy couple of weeks. Yes. Let me tell you about a couple of things. First of all, I want a correction. Strap, strap yourselves in, guys. What's the, what, what's the correction? Well, I did say that I bought this $158 X-Fusion bike from uh, Kmart, and yeah. they had screwed up the derailers. Yes, that's so, right. What actually <clears throat> happened? I turned it upside down and used it and worked out, oh, that's how gears work. And then it, they work fine. I just It was user error. I don't think there was any problem with it. I, just, I was just going... <laughs> Oh, okay. As opposed to a slow movement waiting for it to change, I guess? I don't know what I was doing. Okay, well, that's good to know. Good to know. At least you didn't go back, or did you? Uh, No, I didn't go back. No, no. I'm waiting for you to go back and have a go, and they'll be like, what are you on about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually okay. I've got to get used to it more. I'm I'm still not doing a lot of gears. So there's three gears on the front, and then... Heaps more on the back. Yeah, whatever, six or seven, or whatever it is on the back. That's right. six, six, Six on the back. But um, I'm always just keeping it in the middle one on the front, pretty yeah, yeah. much. Anyway, um, I'm I'm getting used to it. I did get some I did get some advice. So first of all, I want to I'm going to give you this advice, which might be very useful, or somebody might be winding me up, and you can have okay. a snicker if you know. So um, he go. I, I said, oh man. I w-. so this week. I've been riding to the gym in the morning, Yeah. then riding another, so about 25 minutes, then another 25 minutes to work, doing work, and riding like an hour and a bit home, mm. partly because of the traffic, but because you know, yeah. I try and keep off the road. You know, I'm not really comfortable riding no, 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 no. with a cycle. Anyway, and by the time I get home, I'm barely able to walk like, oh yeah. my gosh. And so I mentioned it to a guy at work yesterday, and he said, oh, What's your seat like? Because if it's flat or up, it's going to hurt that bit between your scrotum and your anus. Now, I think that's named the taint. He didn't say that. Yes. But um, And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's pretty flat, I think, because it okay. wasn't in yeah. front of me. So he said, you know, you want to angle it down and it'll relieve that pressure on that part of your anatomy. Oh, okay. And I'm like. Okay, so I haven't done that yet. I, I, wrote I have it no to, idea. Yeah, I, I wrote it to the gym this morning and I was like, <clears throat> Yeah, that's exactly where it hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to do that when I get home. I just haven't done it yet, so I will. Oh, it could be a top do, tip. 
it could be a top tip. So I I'm think not, it takes I'm a while. R- yeah. Ride to work tomorrow. So I've, I've, I haven't used the car since Friday. This is how good this has been. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's been basically a week. Um, but tomorrow, uh, tonight, we've got um, a friend of the show, Adam. We're going to Adam's place for a movie night. Well, I am. Mm. And then I don't want to be cycling to the gym the next morning because it's going to be a late night and uh, stuff like that. And his last day of work for the year, pretty much. Well, I might be in work next week. We'll yeah, see. we'll Excellent. see. Anyway, so that's um, that's that's one. The other thing that you might find amusing, and yeah. we might get a photo of this. <laughs> yes, is please. My finger. Oh yeah, I have a finger that is a bit swollen, and it's uh, half the nails black. Half the nails black. Um, do, do you have any? I can you guess how I did this? You jammed it in something. That's all I know. I don't know. Didn't really. Oh. It's a gaming accident. Is this why it says Oculus ACC? Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. What? Your finger is munted. What did you do? absolutely munted. So I had a controller. I'm did you smash into and, the wall? No. I went to kill a digital chicken with a downward strike, which hit the top of the kitchen bench <laughs> at a high velocity. Oh, my gosh. I, I screamed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had to ice it for like, a day. Yeah, no, his finger um, is absolutely and, stuffed. And it was, and Carl was absolutely pissing himself. I was but it is him. a realistic. He was like, I want to see that ACC form. I yeah. want to see them when they say, can you draw an image of that? <laughs> I was killing a dodo <laughs> in a virtual world. Township Tales, for those of you who are interested. Um, but, and, it, but that is a, uh, a thing that more and more people are going to be I doing if they're going to use. I totally thought I'd be fine, mm. um, but I made a small space. Yeah, yeah. Now I moved the couch over here and the coffee He's table over there. He's got a bigger there, space. And I have got a huge amount of space so that I don't do anything like that again. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that I was, can't believe, like, how black your fingernail is. I, That's I, I the think thing. I'm, I, I, I've broken that finger before. All right. And... I, and I never went to hospital about it. It was back in the fighting days. And I'm like, I hit that hard enough to crack the bone at the end, mm. but it didn't hurt the joint. So there's no point in going to the doctors because they can't do anything. No. Or, you know. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a fracture in there. Yeah, uh, It was yeah. that hard. It, it, it's, it was pretty munted. Do you need to be moving that hard and fast in this Oculus Rift game? I think I got a little overexcited. Yeah, I think so. I was chasing this this dodo so hard, and then I was just like, oh, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it, and I swung down with this axe, and holy crap. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, those were those were some of the highlights of the last week or so. I can't even think what I've done this week. It's nowhere near that. I will tell you another thing. I went to uh, Carl's, um, Carl, well, Moira's party, Carl's partner's party. party. It was a big birthday for her. And so Carl mentioned it late. He goes, oh, crap, I forgot to invite you around on Saturday. I think it was Thursday. Do you want to come along to Moira's? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds good. I'm not doing anything on Saturday. Yeah. So um, I got the time off him. What I failed to notice was later he messaged me, uh, check your Facebook messages. I've given you the details. I didn't check my Facebook messages at all, oh, and okay. I didn't see that thing till after the party. So I turn up to this party, and they got this whole theme thing going on that I had no idea about. How, okay, but it's actually a real. It was so cool. It was very clever, and so I thought I'd give you guys this so that maybe if you want to do something similar, it, it was actually pretty cool. So every so there's a big map uh, on the 
they've got a big picnic table and seats yeah. all around out the back of their place, and big map, world map on the, the picnic table and pens and stuff. And each person except me, <laughs> oh, and Leon, I'll mention why what Leon didn't quite read it properly either. Um, everybody except me and Leon brought a different spirit from a different or a different bottle of something yeah. from a different country. Oh yeah, right. Okay. So they come in and they they go into the kitchen, whatever, and they pour out a whole tray of shots and everybody gets a shot glass from this one from, from this yeah. one thing. And you're not allowed to drink it. You've got to listen to the first clue. And the clues go from really abstract to, to by the end of it you should know. Yeah. And um, And is it to do with the country? It's about well, you've got to guess what country it is. Yeah, okay. So um, you know, like one of them was this country had, like the first clue was something like this country had the longest period in history with no government, six hundred days. Oh right. And like, whatever that, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of the guys that worked for the government uh, sort of knew that, but uh, nobody else did. Okay. And one of the um, countries, I guessed just from the taste, was like, oh, I know what that is. Are you allowed to taste it beforehand? So you do the first clue, then you have a oh, taste, okay. and then they go yeah, through yeah. all the clues. But the idea is not to, because it's not really a game. Like, we're not keeping points or anything. No. Babe is like, I think I know what it is. And they go through all the clues. Oh. And then they go, what do you reckon? And, okay. Yeah. And and usually by the last ones, you got it. But you go, who, who got it at that point? You know. So it was, it was really cool. It was really good. Um, so I didn't bring any booze, really. I was going to sponge off um, uh, Carl anyway. And I got a little bit hooked on Akvavit. From Denmark. It's Never a, heard of it. It's like Raki. Uh, it's the nearest thing I can imagine it, it being like. It's 45%, and I was just yeah. drinking it straight out of, of, a, out of a, a shot glass. And I think I drank a good third of a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so you quite liked it. Uh, yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it, was, it was a good time, it was, and it was, uh, it was pretty good. And, thing. and then, then they just uh, marked the map. Um, yeah, yeah, of what it was. But you were saying Leon sort well, of half- Leon <laughs> turns up late, and he comes up and he's dressed in um, uh, shorts and long uh, pulled up socks and the like Yoda and the like, hat uh, and, yeah, like a, uh, an Austrian, Austrian beer yeah. beer guy or whatever. So is he? And he looks around and nobody's in dress. He goes, "I thought this was a theme." And he go, "They go." Did you read the instructions? <laughs> so okay, he yeah. He didn't bring a thing. He just dressed up as a German beer guy. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy ass. <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, that's been sort of things that have happened this last week or so. Excellent. <laughs> I've been dealing with the chaos that is, you know, the public out, out there in shopping land or the base or anywhere out there. Oh, God. It's mental. But anyway, Christmas is all sorted. It's good. We've got, what, two more sleeps till Christmas as we're recording this? Yes. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Are yeah. you doing your normal Christmas tradition of gaming, gaming without is, injuring gaming yourself? Is, gaming is the plan. Gaming yeah. is the plan. Um, there's this game called Township Tales. Apparently that, apparently it's good. It's got some <laughs> sort of fake chicken thing in it. Yeah, yeah. And you they don't give you any instructions. It's, a, it's probably a little bit like Minecraft in that you oh, can do right. all this stuff. Yeah. But you go in and there's stuff you can do, but you don't know how to do it. So actually cooking cool. food. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, how do you start a fire? And you can use, oh, you put dry grass on the ground, you 
uh, smack a couple of flints together, it starts, sparks, starts to fire, put the pot on top, and it just keeps going out until you realize you've got to find coal and build oh, up the right. fire with the coal, and that will burn long enough to cook yeah. the chicken. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty epic. It's freaking epic. And um, Carl got it or got us all together as sort of a team building exercise yeah, yeah. so we can all do that. So is there other people in it or is it just, just – Oh, there's you – can, you can be in there at the same time, oh, yeah, but yeah. most of us are just in and out yeah. at, at different times. So I started a Telegram um, channel just for that. So nice. we go, oh, I figured out how to do blah, blah, blah. So we're all writing it down That's and cool. working out. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So uh, I think I'll be on Township Tales for a bit. Township Tales. I've got no – I don't think I've got any interesting stories. Oh, Doug the Potato. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Update on that. Yeah, so the – yeah, it's all go. So did I tell you I have to send the DNA, the sample to Scotland? You said that that was what the recommendation was. Yeah, that, yeah. Is so, that what they're doing? Yeah, so Potatoes NZ are organising all of that. The actual people that grew it actually got a whole bunch of, like, potato industry people to come in and check it out earlier on. Hadn't mentioned that at any point to Guinness or anyone, I don't think. So then they sent to Potatoes NZ, hey, we've got this guy. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know him. Because he's been in the industry for 25 years. They're like, oh, yeah, sweet. He can go around. So this guy's gone around, taking a sample of this thing. They're going to send it to Potatoes NZ. And then they're going to send it to Scotland. And the Scottish lab emailed back and said, we've never had to do a world record check before. This is new to us. Yeah, we're keen. Um, we just got to make sure that it gets to us in a timely manner and it's all vacuum sealed. That's all we need. Shouldn't be a problem. Yep, not a problem. And between Guinness, I think, and Potatoes NZ, they're all covering all the costs. Yeah. I'm just doing nothing at all. I'm just in this email thread. Oh, cool. like every now and then I get an email. But uh, yeah, pretty interesting. We'll see. Mm. Oh, that, that is cool. That is very and every, interesting. And every day I have, uh, I don't think you'll ever listen to this, but if you do, Luke, hi. Uh, I've got this guy, Luke, he's growing a giant pumpkin and every single day, he's growing five plants at once, I think, every single day I get a question or ask how I'm going or what I'm up to, and it's like, hey, uh, oh, you said that you might be pollinating this th- this specific pumpkin uh, in the last video, how how many metres is that from the stump? Okay, I'll measure it tomorrow for you, so I measure it, oh, that's exactly the same as my pumpkin, oh, that's good, bro. Hey, uh, uh, this other thing's happened. Uh, what do you think? It's pretty interesting because it's, uh, yeah, I mean. It, it's cool when you get somebody who's passionate yeah, about something you already know something about. He, it, it reignites your own passion for he it. It comes across as, well. as uh, Gareth level. Oh, okay. Sort of. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, that that translates to obsessive. um hey before i forget i want to yell something out i was going to mention it last week and i didn't um i've been looking at doing some charity work or putting together my own charity thing yeah um helping kids to speak from stage Mm. and stuff like that and so i started talking to a bunch of people that i know that are in that space and there's a few other people i want to talk to and um so i talked to um Clive Somerville from uh, the Graham Dingle. He's the CEO of Graham Dingle Foundation. And I talked to uh, Thomas, um, who we both know. Sorry, Thomas Nabs, who runs Waterboy. And I forget the name of his um, main charity body, but yeah. Anyway, when I started asking me his questions, he goes, well, you should listen to my podcast. I'm like, dude, will you have a podcast? And it's called the New Zealand Charity Podcast. And... Absolutely. If you ever want to do anything in charity or find yourself in that position where you're you're working with or working in or doing something with charity, 
you should listen to the New Zealand Charity Podcast. Each episode's generally about 10 minutes, so they're really short. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, And they've broken it up. They do it through um, the local FM company. Free FM. Free FM. Yep, free FM. Yeah, and it's really good. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about I don't want to – Create a charity. <laughs> 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 really, that's not my forte. Um, but anyway, uh, it's definitely something I thought was a huge resource that I'd never heard of. So, you know, uh, I wanted to share that, put it out there. Very good. I was going to do a shout out to Liam, your nephew. Oh, okay. Apparently, but I'm not sure, he may be a new Patreon supporter. It came up in an email and I thought, I've got this podcast today. I'll go check. And I went to Patreon and it doesn't show him anywhere as listed. So I don't know what's going on. But if you gave us some money, thank you. Yeah. So, Liam, we've been pinging your credit card hard. Um, stop blocking it. <laughs> no. Uh, no, shout out to uh, our two Patreons that have been with us forever and all the past ones. But currently we've got our number one podcast fan, Jeremy Housen. Nice. He Thanks, uh, has helped to support us a lot. <laughs> Just yes. want to shut that out. Uh, I think you paid for our business cards there, Jeremy, actually. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, when we go out and about in person and John Dufresne from yeah. Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, guys. Thanks, and guys. Everyone else that's helped us in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a very. Um I, I know it's not a thing in New Zealand for Thanksgiving. No. But that that should be a part of the whole Christmas thing, yeah. you know, where you think about actually these are the cool things that have happened over the last year, or in this case more than a year. Yeah. Um and yeah, we're pretty, pretty I think, bloody lucky. So uh, I think there should cool. be a simple I don't know how you do it, but a way simpler way of just giving p- podcasts that you listen to like a dollar. Even yeah. if it's just one off. It should yeah. be built into everything. You just tap a button. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Hey, I've um, been using, uh, not using, I found this website. It's called scanofthemonth.com. And I've seen two months worth. There's no archive. You can't see anything in the past. There's literally just this website, which I'll explain in a second, and an email form at the bottom, which will say, hey, we'll let you know when the next thing comes out that we've scanned. So they scan things with a CT scan machine. Oh, okay. And the okay. first one I saw was Lego. A Lego minifigure, to be precise. And as you scroll down the page, it shows you the images. And it explains how this thing was made. Okay. And currently, it's the Apple AirPods. And it's very, very detailed, but very easily consumed. And it's got some great images that they've taken. And it says, in in version 2, they moved the battery and they moved the microphone. We think this is why. In the Lego minifigures, there's... For the legs, they've done this because it's a hidden feature, but when they manufacture it, it must be because of this. But literally this page, just I'm scrolling in front of Chris here. Yeah, yeah. It's got some pretty great imaging. It looks epic. But there's nothing else to it. There's no archive. There's nothing. It doesn't there's tell no you. There's no ads. There's nothing. It's just this page. And uh, sign up at the form. There's a lot of work uh, going into that. Yeah. It looks like a lot of work. But, but the um, a level of text uh, looks... I didn't read it properly, but no. it looks pretty simple. It looks small. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's interesting because it's this website that I don't even. There's no about page. There's nothing I can. And it's, I could it's probably look into it. Fascinating that you can't see archive because that's where you build up the tale of views or whatever. Yes, that's what I was thinking. So I don't even know how I came across it, but scanofthemonth.com, Check that out. I've got a couple more random websites here for you, Chris. While I'll carry on. Yeah, yeah. Nuke Map. Nuke. nuke map. Yeah, it's called nuclearsecrecy.com forward slash nuke map. 
as in nuclear bombs. Yeah. Uh, it opens up a map. It automatically defaults to Auckland uh, for our location, which is great. And you can pick any known nuclear bomb that's ever been dropped and pick a location wherever you want. And you can pick the different ones, different megatons and, or even just tons of TNT or whatever, the small ones that they started off with. And you click detonate and it shows you the spread and the fallout that it would have at that location from a known nuclear bomb. Holy crap. So the biggest Does it take into account prevailing winds or anything like that? I'm just curious. Good I, question. I, I wouldn't I, – I, I, that would be a lot of work. I don't – I'm not expecting So to. you can do height of burst, air burst, surface, and you can have the amount of casualties and the radioactive fallout. Wow. Um, and you can type in any location – and um, like 20 ton Davy Crockett is the smallest US bomb produced. And you can go all the way up to the SAR bomb, which is the largest one the USSR um, designed. Uh, I don't think they ever tested it, but it was 100 megatons. Castle Bravo is the largest US bomb tested. It's 50 megatons. 15, sorry. Yeah, it's got all the like all these nuclear bombs. Anyway, Holy that's a crap, little fun. That's a huge list. We'll have I that didn't in, know there was that We'll have that in the show notes. It's a fun little website to check out to see uh, what will happen when we get hit by the nuclear fallout. And this guy's made a website called Emoji to Scale. And it's another fun website that makes no sense. And he has every emoji you can imagine. And as you scroll, it goes to scale. And it tells you how big the thing is. So he's basically ranked every emoji from the smallest to the largest. And as you scroll down, uh, it's better on a desktop, obviously. They go smaller and smaller, and you end up with, like, the universe, I think, is the last one. It's like the sun. Anyway. Oh, geez, that's, 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 that's absolutely useless. I know. Uh. It's just fun to play with. We'll have that in the show notes. Oh, what, do you, what, what have you got? I don't know. I'm is just clicking on things to go. Is that my one or your no, one? No, that's me. That was yours. Okay, okay, Chris is clicking on things. He's wondering about the astronauts have squished eyeball problem. They've solved it. Thank God. I was worried about the astronauts getting squished eyes. So what they've done, they've developed a high-tech sleeping bag that could prevent vision problems that some astronauts experience when they're in space. They get squished. Fluids float into the head and squash their eyeballs, uh, which I didn't know. No. It's one of the riskiest medical problems that affects astronauts. Again, didn't know that. The sleeping bag sucks fluid out of your head and towards the feet, countering the pressure buildup. Similar to how a G-force suit would stop you I from, assume so, yeah, yeah. from, from um, going into blackout because it's, it's compressing. Um, so more than half of the astronauts that have spent at least six months in the International Space Station have had this problem. Uh, some became farsighted, had difficult reading, and sometimes needed crewmates to ex- uh, assist in experiments. Holy crap. That's quite serious. Uh, there's, I wonder, is it, does, it, does it mention whether it's a long-term thing? Like when they come back to Earth, does, are they just fine again? Or does they, oh, crap, now I need glasses for the rest so of So on life. Earth, when you get out of bed, someone exper- everybody experiences unloading. And that's a term for when the fluids get pulled down your body, not whatever you're thinking, Jeremy Housen. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't say much about... Uh, long-term effects. No, but in space, they can't unload their brain. But they get to test their eyesight with a thing called the fundoscope. Uh, look at her go. <laughs> <It's like> a- <laughs> it looks like she's doing a sextant sort of thing. Uh, yeah, anyway. On her eyeball. Anyway, I learned that this week. I thought I'd tell you about it. 
Yeah, I, I I came across something. I I took a note of it because I thought it was interesting. Um, Are you having second thoughts now? Welcome to the podcast if you've just joined us. <laughs> I thought it was interesting, and then I just thought, right, I'll read up about that before the episode, which I didn't. No, um, the founder of lastminute.com has set up a highly competitive coding college without lecturers mm. whose students pay no fees and they learn through playing computer games. Oh, okay. Do so, they do the model where um, – who's the one that does the model where – there's no fees, but it's very hard to get accepted. And then they take a percentage Lambda, of your... Lambda yeah, that's school. It. Lambda school. They do the coding. Yeah. Mm. So um, industry leaders have warned that there's a shortage of suitably skilled workers. Um, and then this is coding. Yeah. Um, and the Learning and Work Institute described the situation as catastrophic. Really? With the UK heading towards a skills disaster. But then you've got remote workers everywhere. They'll bring in some people cheap from overseas. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I really I, wish I would I... like to read more, but it's got a... Um, oh, paywall. Paywall. And I was like, I'm sure it didn't say... I re- uh, probably didn't. I really wish I could get into the coding thing. I've tried about three times. Yeah. Uh, I've tried a different methods and different tools online. And I... Very high level, I understand what they're trying to tell me. Uh, and I think I just get bored with it. I... um. Did I ever tell you that was my biggest regret? I, like, I don't really have regrets in life, but that was my biggest regret. So when I was um, 16, I left home and I was, I was um, working as a sewing machine mechanic apprentice. Yeah. And I started karate that year. Yeah. And so karate was – that was really my focus yeah, yeah. for the next – and I was there for six years. And three or four of the karate guys worked for – Data Bank, which later became EDS. But Data Bank at that time was gov- a government office. Oh, right. And they're all programmers. But yeah. Th- we're talking I know. washing machine style yeah. <laughs> computers, right? And so these three guys, um, we got on well, um, particularly Simon Lee Johnson, I, I remember really well. And um, he said, you should come in and do an application for becoming a programmer. I'm yeah. like, but I left school at 16. I don't know shit. He goes, you're smart enough to do it. You just come in and do that. They're not looking for yeah, previous di- knowledge because nobody knew that's anything That's right. Then. That's right. Different this time. This was before C+. Yeah, like, yeah. And so I said, oh, yeah, and I just never did because oh, I wow. had such a low yeah. self-esteem about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so I, I always regretted that. And then years later, I was in um, London and I caught up with Simon. And I'm working in London at a bar Six days a week, and I'm clearing a hundred pounds a week after. Yeah, yeah. Um, Back in the day. Yeah, and he's working for Marconi, doing guidance systems for mar- missiles. Of course, on eighty thousand pounds a year. Which back in 1992 was a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it? I know. And he's like, "Oh, yeah, the last weekend we went off to France, took a helicopter over, and we stayed in a castle." And I'm like, "God damn you! Yeah, I should have done that test." <laughs> so anyway, folks, if you get the chance to try for something, give it an edge. You never know. That's right. That's right. I don't know whether I'd be a good programmer though. I've written here, oh, this is what's been happening, uh, stupid COVID inconsistencies is what I've written here. It's my little rant of the week. Yes. Firstly, oh, we went to look at the Christmas lights. That's what we did in the last week. We went to, out to Harrowfield, uh, which is off River Road. Oh, okay. Okay, and it's a subdivision, sort of big loop, and every year, 20 or 30 houses go batshit crazy with lights, 
and you can walk around. We talked about this last year. Yeah, I've yeah, still yeah. never gone. Oh, anyway. well, I highly suggest you should. And um, they'll still be up today or tomorrow. And you can walk around. And one of the houses has got the, you know, you tune into your car radio and it's all in time to music. And for whatever reason, they've chosen the weirdest music. Some of it's not Christmas and so it's just bizarre. Anyway, very cool. And anyway, after that, we were like, um, oh, we'll go get an ice cream, soft serve ice cream from McDonald's because it's cheap. That's fine. Let's go. Everyone in Hamilton also had that same idea. So we were stuck in, once you get into the drive through you know, thing, you can't get out. Yeah. So that's all good. We get all the way to the window and then it comes up and goes, due to COVID restrictions and health and safety, we cannot offer you a self-serve cone. So they're like, hey, how can we help you? I said, you can't. I, uh, I'm over. Oh, no, don't worry about it. And they're like, oh, okay. So I had to wait in this line. I've been in this line for half an hour to find this message that you can't offer them a, a soft-serve cone. Anyway. But you could have got a Sunday. Yeah, but I don't want to pay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I didn't want to spend any more money because all I wanted was this one thing for like a dollar yeah, sixty. I'm just curious what the difference is. A lot. And McDonald's have this thing now, and I know you're not a big McDonald's person. I think you've only been through the drive-thru once in your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of times probably, yeah. But. but they now barely have anything on their menu that they show you, and it changes all the time. So, and I don't, half the stuff doesn't have prices. So you're up to the whim of whatever they want to charge you. Anyway, went to Wendy's. Shout out to Wendy's. You guys are great. Here's your ice cream in a cup, because that's how they do it. Or they could have done a cone. Not a problem. My problem is... When it was level four and everything was locked down, or yeah, everything was locked down more than it was, and before we went to the traffic light system, soft serve cone, no worries. Oh, give it to you hand to hand, basically lick it in front of you, touch you. (laughs) They're all over it. Like, I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you've got this new restriction, which the traffic light system, courier drivers, level four, they wouldn't wear a mask. Come up to the door, breathe in your face, touch the package, try and touch your hand, make you sign for it. Go to level three. Oh, we've got to wear a mask all the time. We can't touch it. And they throw it at the door. Now they just hand it to you. But I'm like, this makes no sense. Like, wh- you're all idiots. And then the COVID pass. People are selling them for $100, $200. Because a COVID pass can be scanned 500 times a day all around New Zealand, and there's no checks. It makes no sense. Have you been anywhere for the COVID pass? Uh, yeah, I've had to show it. The first time I went to the gym, yeah, um, yeah, since yeah. it came up, I had to show it, and now it's, it's in there. Um, I have showed it somewhere else as well. But li- literally, you okay. can show anything to anybody as long as it scans and beeps. Nobody's checked my ID for anything. It just makes no sense. It's a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. It would it should flag, hang on, this one's been used in Auckland and Hamilton within fifteen minutes yeah. of each other. But they can't because of the privacy concern. It's not connecting to a database or anything, it just goes, Yes, this person has been vaccinated. Uh, I went to the good neighbour yesterday yep. for a work yeah. thing and um they let us in. We just went in, we sat down. We ordered drinks, and then the chick comes over and goes, oh, I've got to scan your vaccine pass. And she did us and two other tables at the same time, and which was fine. And I was like, oh, I thought she would have done that before they let us into the building and touch everything and lick the menu. But- you can't give the hospitality businesses too much stick about that because it's a poorly 
orchestrated thing. No, I know? totally agree. But I said to her, how's this going? Have you had any trouble? And she goes, look, when they announced this and we were doing it, she goes, I thought I was going to have so many, so much trouble and just people like going crazy. And she goes, in written, nah, everyone's been good. Because I think the crazies, the anti-vaxxers, know that there's no point in going somewhere, it seems. Apart from like a protest where they all huddle together and breathe on each other. And, and, yeah, and rant and rave about all well, sorts yeah, of crap. Just, I wasn't going to talk about it, but this Omicron thing just sounds like it's so much more infectious and and less um, virulent or less... Um, yeah, it's slowly... It's yeah. not going to give you as big an illness. But I think if you are not vaccinated... You, um, you could potentially have some problems. You're going to have some real problems, I think. Because I think it's when it gets here, which is going to get here sometime... It's no, it's gonna, already here. Well, okay. It's yeah. going to you know sweep through New Zealand pretty yeah. quick, particularly this time of the year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The amount of people everywhere just, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, people are going, oh, are you going away? I'm like, hell no. I'm not going to the beaches. Good God, that's where all the Aucklanders are. Uh (laughs) I don't know if I told you about this or not in the past. I may have, but this woman called Kelly Rowe, she's failed in the Supreme Court. She's here in New Zealand, and she's this person that, Oh, was it something about university? Yeah, that's yeah, her. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, her. Yeah. I vaguely remember you telling me about. So she she was trying to get into Otago Medical School, and they said you can't just join and, and all this sort of stuff. So like she's batshit crazy. Anyway, she's gone to the Supreme Court saying these guys should just educate me in whatever I want. And she went from that to Auckland, and she's been. I think she got denied at Waikato as well. And they came out, and there's a couple of things here. And this guy went to um, get some official information act about what she wrote so i've written this down and i think it's from an article um this this sort of makes hopefully it makes sense so it says but she was unable to provide auckland university staff with the transcript they required to prove she had completed the degree that she said she had so it was denied right and that was auckland medical school so so you can only do this postgraduate thing if you've got a degree right gotcha yep she argued in the court the university did not have the power under the Education Act to deny her a place. This is a continuation of the saga from four months ago where Kelly Rowe lost her Supreme Court bid to be led into Auckland University's medical school. This is, uh, I'm getting this from a Reddit thread now. She has now lost her appeal on her course. For some, for some fun reading, here are some of her insane informational, Information Act requests. The best one, unfortunately, has been removed, but it has been archived because of archive.org. Uh, And this is from her application to her role, Kelly Rowe, to the University of Auckland. Here's some of the quotes and comments from this. This is what she wrote to them. As a domestic student of New Zealand who has attained the age of 20 years, the Education Act informs me I am entitled to be enrolled in the program of my choosing. The University of Otago is largely filled with teenagers who abuse alcohol and abuse each other because the University of Otago Council chooses to prioritise the supply of application to enrol forms to teenagers rather than to domestic students who have attained the age of 20 years. Where is my application to enrol? I should not have to get the court to effing order you to supply one. Do your job, do your job, do your job. (laughs) FFS. Oh, that sounds sane as. She's attained the age of 20, Chris. Well, I mean, that's a qualification. Yeah. I have attained the age of 39. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, batshit woman's out there. I'm sure she's going to be applying for more 
more things. I, I'm twice as qualified as her. Yeah. Oh, almost three, three times. <laughs> yeah, almost three times. <laughs> That's right. Um, hey, talking about uh, random uh, things, I, did you know what um, – There's a. how do you feel about doping for sport? Make, uh, makes it a little um, difficult, right? It, you know, yeah, it makes it difficult. I've heard the argument that they should let people dope as much as they want tell everyone what they're doing and just go into like extreme sports. Yep. So it's gone uh, next level now. Saudi authorities have disqualified more than 40 contestants from a camel beauty pageant for using Botox. What? There's two things there. Actually, there's more than two. So there's, so, okay. So there's a beauty pageant for actual camels. It's a, it's a big thing and it yeah. makes a lot of money apparently. So, so the dude that runs the council nurseries here in Hamilton who I deal with once a year, he sort of talks to me about the giant pump. No. no. Another guy. Yep, yeah, yep. another guy. Uh, he, he, his name's Mark. And he um, talks to me about the giant pumpkin thing, and he goes, I sort of get it, eh? Because my son shows cows. He has a show cow. And he travels the country with this show cow, and it gets washed and vacuumed and trimmed, and, and he goes, it's this big thing where he shows his cow. I'm like, What? <laughs> anyway, and but it's that whole like whatever you're into, that's cool. You know, go for it. Absolutely. So anyway, these guys go next level and go. Well, so they inject- had, for a while. They one of the things is how their lips are. I uh, bet. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm always thinking about camel lips. Yeah, Forget yeah, the yeah. toe. Okay, <laughs> that's the last thing to check out. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I'm going to read a couple of things here. Uh, this is, I think, this is a BBC story. Are people really injecting camels with Botox? Of course they are. Yes. Saudi Arabia. Authorities say, also say some breeders have stretched out the lips and noses of camels <laughs> using collagen lip fillers, <laughs> artificially beefed up their muscles with hormones, and inflated body parts using rubber bands. And it's happened before. In 2018, authorities disqualified 12 camels after it was revealed they'd been injected with Botox. Um, Imagine a la- enlarging a camel's nose hole. Uh, yeah. The United Arab Emirates newspaper, The National, reported a vet had been caught performing cosmetic surgery on camels, including reducing the size of their ears. Um, Because some breeds are prized for their delicate ears. There must be so much money involved in this. I know. Um, Yeah. The best look at – oh, yeah. So here we go. Why give camels plastic surgery? Why not? The best-looking camel wins – and with the festival's overall prize pool of about $90 million, <laughs> there's some significant coin up for grabs. No wonder they're Botoxing their camels. Um, camel breeding is a multi-million dollar industry in the region. Uh, and scoring well in these kinds of contests can have huge business implications for breeders. So anyway, there you go. Oh, do you want to know what makes a camel beautiful? Of course I do, Chris, because what's in my mind might be different to you out there, the listener. Well, if you, according to the judges, uh, a lot of it's in the lips, which are supposed to be full, but also droopy. So droopy is a good thing. What the hell? Um, here's some of the criteria to give you an idea of the beauty standards camels must live up to. Coat, shiny and of clearly definable color. Yes. The brighter, the better. Nice. Neck, long and lean, but wide. Mm. Full, but not too skinny. Mm. Body, the area between the neck and hump should be long and strong. Hump, it should be big, well-proportioned, and in the standard position, 
close to the back of its body. I don't know what the standard position means. But, but anyway. close to the back of its body is good yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I suppose if it's standing straight. Ah. Um, head. The head should be upright and big, but in proportion with the rest of its body. Face. Judges want pouty and pendulous lips. Oh, my god! And gosh. the upper lip should have a cleft. Their eyelashes should be long and dark, and the chin should be visible from the front and side. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. Um, well, it's all about beauty and grace. It is. I don't know how I feel about a lot of those things you just told me. I hope you were thinking of a camel. Yeah, talking about of course. Uh, CES is coming up in Las Vegas, I think. Consumer Electronics Show. Yeah, yeah. What was I? I was doing. I got something I've been part of. Said, do you want tickets to CES? You can get free tickets if you take this deal on. All right. And I'm like, well, I can't get out there anyway. Well, I think they're streaming a lot of it. But oh, I think right. I think you know there's all these tech people going, I anyway. I don't have cash anyway. Yep. No, no. So these are uh, the companies drop stuff before CES and go, hey, here's this thing, and I think you can go see it in person. So LG's like, hey, we made a battery powered TV on a stand that you can move around. Yeah. Uh, it lasts about three hours. So like, it's like an iPad on a stand. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You can. <laughs> I guess there's a need for it. And then it, it would be good in rest homes. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. You know, if if you can get old Ethel and put her in that her favorite yeah. chair and just stand that next to her, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. And they've made this other thing. Oh, just for for the um, listeners, uh, this this thing looks like a speaker stand, not with the one with the three legs, but with the one with the round circle, base, sort round of base. Yeah, and it's just like yeah, a pole with a. TV stuck on the end of it. (laughs) They made this other thing that they've, well, they brought it out. I don't know if you'd want to buy this. It's called the LG Object, and it's designed to be leaned against the wall. So imagine a TV, and it's just leaning against the wall. And it's 65 inch, so it's pretty big. And it's got this um, interchangeable canvas sort of cover, fabric cover, that you can raise or lower with a remote. And it's the work of Danish textile, textile innovator. Is that, is that basically a curtain for it? Yeah, it goes up and down so you can hide the screen or have a piece of art on it and, and partially cover it as a, as a design feature. Um, yeah, because partially covered TVs is exactly what I want. It is. It and just leaning on the wall. That looks dumb. It does. It, it sounds, looks really, It really sounds like dumb. a dumb idea. Uh, <laughs> we'll have a link in the show notes and you can go check that yeah, out if you want. Yeah, check that out and see what you think. Um, so have you been watching anything interesting on uh, Amazon and, and Netflix and whatnot? So I've been watching – I started watching the new season of The Witcher. I saw that come out. I haven't seen it's any of it at all. freaking intense. All oh, right. <laughs> A couple of it was. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. okay. <laughs> I was getting right into it. Um, uh, I haven't started Wheel of Time, but I do want to get into that. I mean, I think I already mentioned I was watching American Gods. I was quite yeah. enjoying that. I haven't quite finished it. Season three just seems to be a little uh, a little slower, but um, I'm getting near the end of it, so I should finish that off. What else? Oh, and The Expanse, the new uh, season of The Expanse is coming right. out. So there's dropping one episode every, oh, every yeah, week yeah. or something. So I watched the first one. I think third might be out now, um, but yeah, something's the second. I've been watching very old TV shows, Chris, is what I've yes. been doing. I've watched the, everything of the Larry Sanders show. From back in the day? Okay. Is he that... Um, no, who's Larry Sanders? Exactly. So it's a fictional take on a nighttime talk show host, yep. played by Gary Shandling. Yes. 
And right. a lot of those people that worked on that show back in the day ended up directing The Office, and a lot of what they did on the Larry Sanders show translated into a lot of how TV shot now. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting. It's really because good. Because I've heard people talking about it. Yeah, yeah, me too. It took me a while to track it down. Okay. I do have that if you anyone wants to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Nudge, might, nudge. Might. Uh, yeah. Check that out. And then I checked out a show. It was along the same lines of I'd heard about it and I looked it up and it's called Party Down. And yeah, it's uh, got Adam Scott who played uh, Ben in Parks and Rec and it's got um, the guy that plays Guilfoyle in Silicon Valley. And, oh, he's yeah. a, and it's a catering company and the, they only ever did... I forgot about Guilfoyle. That was yeah. so cool. Well, this guy's pretty much the same character in this show, but they only ever did two seasons and it got cancelled. But the guy that created it is the guy that created Veronica Mars. Right. So he obviously has a lot of reach and had, there was all these random people, but they're struggling actors who work at a catering company. And every episode is them catering a different party or different event, which I think is genius. Yeah, yeah, because they could put you in all sorts of different environments. Yeah, and they're always doing the same sort of thing, but they're in different environments, and there's some famous people dropping in and out. Cool. It's pretty cool, interesting, and that's from 2009, I think, that one. And what was it called? Party Down. Party Down. So I've got that I as well. Check that I've out. checked that out. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, okay. I, I just lent um, Carl some books, because I ended up talking about it when I was drunk on Act the other night, and I... I said to my, have you never uh, read Lord Fowl's Bane? Okay. So it's part of the Thomas Covenant series. Have you ever? No. You okay. were talking so I, I read it in my te- 10 years. So I, okay. I had the three, three parts. Did it come books. out at that time or was it a bit I, older? I think it's a little bit older, but not a okay. lot, lot older. And, um, oh, you know, Courier's here. Are you expecting something? No, no, it won't be talking to me. It won't be visiting me. Um, but, yeah, so um, – it's the first. I, I thought it was amazing, and and it's got really good reviews and stuff. But have you reread it, it recently? A, no, and okay. I, I need to reread okay. it. But I tell you why I thought it was amazing. It was yeah. my first real um, experience of a true antihero. Oh, okay. And it just blew my mind. Yeah. So early on in the book, like within the first couple of chapters, the guy you're following rapes somebody, oh, okay. and I'm like. I had to put the book down. I'm like, I can't read this. Yeah, it's not. Good. It just, it, it was, it, it was pretty rough, right? Yeah. And um, but yeah, no, it's an epic book. And, oh. and it, it go, it gets better. Yeah, well, it gets better. It, it flicks between a contemporary time period, yeah. which probably was the 90s or 80s, um, back to um, a, a, a fantasy world oh, okay. type thing. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was just really good. So excellent. Anyway. Uh, scientists have too much time on their hands, Chris. Yeah, That's what <laughs> of course I've they do. Italian Institute of Technology have decided to create a jetpack-wearing humanoid robot, which is good, um, but it has a creepy doll-like face for some reason. <laughs> it looks like the stuff of nightmares, Chris. Oh, oh you've um, got a f- photo of this for me? No, I've got a video of it. Okay. I'm just tr- they're, they're explaining it, and they talk about it. Um, I'm trying to find a bigger picture of it. I don't even know what... I think they just want to make a jetpack, basically. Of course they do. And then this this video, actually, this YouTube video, it's five minutes long, is actually their whole presentation about their creepy robot. Um, it's a bit hard to see, but there's this weird... Oh, in some ways, it looks like the ro- uh, robot girl from, um, what do you call it? the That Korean yeah. thing game? Squid game. Squid game. Sort of, I don't without, know. Without any makeup. Like if, if her face was totally white. Yeah, yeah. Because the eyes are quite big. Yeah. So anyway, they've made this jetpack flying thing. 
for shits and giggles, I think. <laughs> just to say they could do it. Don't know what else I've got, really, Chris. But I think uh, that's really us. Or oh, did you talk about the cactus? No, don't worry about that. This is the end. Of, this is the last podcast for the year, which is yeah, so good. It's been an intense year. Yeah, I hope everybody's uh, still uh, with us or with the the human race in general. <laughs> like, don't give up. It's not that bad. Um, yeah, I think it'll be pretty good uh, summer. What do you reckon next year holds? Uh, oh, I think, I don't know, I think whatever happens, you just got to roll with it, carry on, keep working on stuff, building new things, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try a few new things in the new year, so we'll see how that all works out, or doesn't, which is equally as good. Yeah. Um, big, yeah. big thanks to everybody that's listened, uh, some, of them, some of you we know, some of you we don't, podcasting stats make no sense. <laughs> uh, I think it counts as a listen if somebody downloads it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if your phone's automatically doing that, then... Thanks for, or thank thank Samsung for me, or whoever. Yeah, your th- is. thanks for in the future. If you ever get around to this episode, if you're working through your, uh, the back catalogue, um, good luck. I yeah, wish yeah, you well. Yeah. There's some epic. There's some gold in those back catalogues. Anyway, yeah, um, yep. No, I will reiterate what Sam's just said. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us, and have a great Christmas break, uh, New Year's, good New Year's, yep, New Year's holiday or whatever. And we will see you around the ninth. Okay, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friends.